is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Roar, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. I feel like a terrible radio host, and I can sure that that's going to lead to a lot of people just absolutely rushing to agree with me and say that it's not just what I'm feeling, it's the truth. Oh, no. What I, I feel like I'm I'm not doing anyone any favors with an ability to make a decision on what I think the Mariners should do You're at the deadline. I know. Really I'm sure I am. me off. I bet it's bothering you. I it's don't why have, I took my hoodie off. Is it? Yeah. It's making you hot. I mean, all of that conversation hitting right. got, got me. My juice is flowing. Yes. Even though I never hit anybody in my life, <laughs> except for on some picks. Right. And then I'm doing push-ups in between break, by the way. This new little push-up pad thing I got, and Justin's on it too now. Uh, Really, really solid. So I had to take the hoodie off. But then, yeah, like you're just totally flummoxed. You don't know what to do, Salk. So if you pulled out the legal pad like I like to do, if you pulled this out and taken notes, if you put for and against, have you done your job as a radio host? (laughs) No, I had you to do it for me. So what did you determine? Oh, it's just terribly complicated. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture of this after the segment, too, so people can see the psychosis with which my brain works. Because okay. not only do I have my notes, like I got my doodles on during the show as well and Quandre thoughts. So I'll tweet this out right after the segment. Here's the case for. Here's the case for the Mariners buy-in. They're 16-9 and, nine, and 16 and nine in the month of July, second best in baseball. They're 6-1-1 and one against winning teams in the month of July. They've had five straight games of double-digit hits. Their pitching is a staff. They're fourth in baseball with a 3.8 ERA. They're second in baseball with 52 quality starts. They're second in baseball with a 1.19 whip. They're fifth in baseball, allowing a 237 on-base average against. Their pitching is top five in every measurable, most important argument as a staff. That includes your starters and your bullpen. And as far as your staff goes... And why nobody wants to see them in the playoffs, as Scott and Jerry will tell you, well, it's because Luis Castillo is fifth in baseball in ERA. He's second in baseball in whip. Logan is eighth in baseball in whip, and Kirby is tenth in whip. Your three guys that you would see in a three-game set, let alone a sudden death or whatever it might be, I guess they don't do that anymore. I guess they're all three-game with a third wild card. Those three guys are top ten in baseball, in all of baseball, not American League, not National League, in all of baseball. And, oh, by the way, the guy on the back end, Seawald, has been absolutely nails. N-A-I-L-S, nails. So there's your case for. There's your case for. For buying. For buying. Case against. Do you want that? Yeah. Okay, case against buying is you're 26 in the league in average. You're 29th in the league with 1,039 strikeouts. Do the math. That's 9.99 strikeouts a game. 104 games in. I really thought they were going to get their 1,040th and be an even exact 10 double-digit strikeouts right there. Uh, per game. You're 24th in on-base percentage. In the clutch, someone tweeted this out the other day. This is, this is disheartening, but I've got to read it. It's on my <laughs> yellow pad. In, tw- in, their tw- in 21 run losses, their last 21 run losses, including Saturday, the only thing that got in the way of a sweep of these Diamondbacks was you couldn't hit. You went 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. In those 21 run losses, you're hitting 135 with runners in scoring position. In fact, you're 2 for 35 in those last four one run losses in the month of July. Julio, in those 21 run losses, has been up 19 times. 
in the final inning or the second to last inning, and he's 0 for 17 with 12 Ks. So just when it comes to that situational hitting, when it comes to that clutch hitting, when it comes to these one-run games, and I could put the one-run win-loss record, an extra inning loss record in some of those situational stats, and it would tend to fall on that against side. So there's your case for, there's your case against. What do you want to do? Well, I'm not sure that either of those are a case for and against. As much as I love you and I love your legal pad, I don't know that either of those convinces me one direction or the other. The issue to me is not about whether or not your team is good. Team's good. They can pitch. They're above 500. They're in it. I mean, like all the like I, we know that they can pitch and they can't hit, or at least that they haven't been able to hit for most of the year. Be interesting, Brock, to take a look at those numbers you just ran and just look at what they are in July, especially on the hitting side of things, where they've been perfectly productive in general. Not incredible. They haven't been tops yep. in the league, but they've been above average would be my guess. They've been middle of the road, and that's all you have to be with this pitching. Okay. And that's the case well, for And you've seen it. That's why the they went 16-9 and nine in, in July. And that's why Jason Churchill probably resonates as much as anybody over the last couple weeks. Can I just see this lineup? Actually, when I've seen it now, even with Cade Marlowe in, and quality the, 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 of bats. The question the quality is, of bats. is just, and they're doing it. So the question is not, is the pitching good and the hitting mediocre? I think we kind of know the answer to that. It's do you believe that by adding, they can get ahead of the teams in front of them? It's it's really that. It has nothing to do with what they've done so far. It's the position that they're in and what you think all of these teams will do moving forward. Is can it? they pass the three teams in their division and the four teams ahead of them in the wild card? I think that they can. But am I willing to bet 15%. the future on it? I think it's about a. Fi- I think their odds have been somewhere between eleven and seventeen percent. I know you hate those, but it's not one game. It's not in game. It's one hundred and four right. games. No, I know it's something. with fifty eight to go, and it's starting to get a little bit more real. And and I, I think, gosh, I, I think this twenty twenty three pitching staff deserves the opportunity to just see a couple competent bats. You know, Jerry, play that Jerry Depoto with Jim Bowden because we've heard this a lot, and certainly people hear this. This is on serious radio and are going to say they're not buying because they're more concerned about what's down the road. Here was Jerry over the weekend. Don't know the answer to that. No, we're uh, we're still very much in a foot in both camps. We've spoken with every team. We're just as focused on what happens after 2023 as in 23, and we're letting the schedule and the teams around us tell us which way we should go. And those teams, the Rangers, are running on fumes. They added. Uh, the Red Sox are running on fumes. They have not added. They've got no pitching. The Yankees have just been a, a bit of a mess. And, and obviously, Aaron Judge injury, a big part of that, an older team as well. Mm. The rest of the teams are kind of telling you the Angels are in, the Astros are in, some of the same culprit, the Blue Jays are in. They're kind of in. Yeah, but, but, your pitching has told you all year you're in. I, I just feel and, like and your without... hitting has told you all year you're not. You're, I mean, it's the record that's going to tell you these things. Okay. And I, again, I'm sort of being disagreeable because I think there's. A, I'm going to give you my answer here in a moment. I'm sort of just disagreeing with you, kind of on principle. No, you're doing your job. But I, I, I think you got to remember the Angels are in for a unique reason. Throw them out. Nobody else is in it for the same reasons as the Angels are. You mentioned the Astros and the and the Rangers. Well, of course they're in it. They're four and a half to five and a half games up on where you are and mm-hmm. both within one game of the division lead. Either they're leading or they're one game back. Yes. They better be all in it. And if the Mariners were in that spot, I would absolutely be, you know, ringing the bell every day for them to add, 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 because that's your chance to really get over the hump. They're not in either of those spots, nor are they in the Blue Jays spot where they own one of the three wild card spots right now. 
They're not in those spots. They're not like the Orioles. They're not, I mean, quite frankly, they're behind both the Yankees and the Red Sox, both of whom are likely to sell. Our buddy Travis Fulton has asked us to give us give him our answer. And well, I'm here's my answer. Oh, give me yours. Well, I'm you want to buy. You already said Travis, that. Travis, I'm going to give you my answer. I do not want to mortgage the farm. I do not want to necessarily give away tremendous assets. I think that there is enough. The reason in July they're doing what they're doing is they have a lot more competent at-bats. A.J. Pollock is not in there. Kane Marlowe has been better than mm-hmm. A.J. Pollock, and frankly, his at-bats, quality of them, even better than Jared to some degree. Colton Wong has at least been above the Mendoza line in this month of July. Give me a Mark Canna. Give me two major league at-bats in that lineup. That's what I'm asking well, for. I think they're probably going to end up doing something like that. I think you're going to get your wish. I don't know if it's going to be Canna specifically. Maybe it's Canna. Maybe it's Verdugo. So that's what I want, I mean, Travis. Like, that's what I, I, I would I think want. you're going to end up with some of that. The question is, what else do you do? Because with Canna and Verdugo, you're not just buying that for this year. You get next year as well. The question is, what do you do with Tay Oscar? What do you do with Paul Seawall? Do you try to strengthen other positions? And the reason I think that those have to be in play is I'm going to go back to what DePoto said a couple of weeks ago. It's a very average offensive team, and we have to find a way to become better than average. And uh, it's going to it's going to take some it's going to require some creative moves because we don't have. Uh, a next wave of bats at AAA ready to come and, and push us over that edge. And we need our young players to, to step forward, moving forward. And and we're probably going to need to address something from outside as well. Creative is the word that stood out to me. It stood out to Shannon. It stood out to a lot of people who heard Jerry that day. And if you want to be creative about getting your team to be better than just average offensively, it's going to take more than just adding a couple of average names like Mark Canna and even Alex Verdugo. It's going to take being creative. It's going to take thinking about moving a Seawald and others in order to bring back players. So if I'm Jerry, yeah, Logan Gilbert's on the table. Yeah, Brian Wu's on the table. Yeah, Bryce Miller's on the table. And I'm not trading all three of those guys, but one of them, I sure might be. And Paul Seawald as well. Because if I could package Logan Gilbert and Paul Seawald together to a contender, to a Baltimore, that could absolutely use both of those team, both of those players right now, what could you get back from one of the best systems in the game, especially a team in Baltimore that's got dudes who are already doing it at the big league level? Brock, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you that that you're right. If they just so are get you a, in or are you out? Which is that? What, what I just described to you is that in or out? In it That's is in. Oh yeah, trading Logan Gilbert and Paul Seawald is in. That's out. Okay, acquiring guys that can hit for you right now and make That's your in. offense better. That's in. Then I'm in and out. That's exactly <laughs> where I'm at. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on seven ten. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Mariners kind of got me spinning in circles, as I'm sure you can tell. I think it's very hard to know exactly what to do with this team, and you can keep throwing more whatabouts the longer you talk about them and what to do with the deadline. We're just a day away tomorrow afternoon. It'll all be over, and we'll know which direction they've gone. But in the meantime, they played really, really good baseball for the last month, going 16-9 so far in July with one game left to play tonight. Yesterday, they finished off another series win in Arizona. J.P. Crawford continuing his... Hot hitting. 3-1 pitch. Swing on, driven deep to right. Down the line. Looks like it's going to stay fair. It does. Hey, now. Home run, J.P. Crawford. 3-0 Seattle here in the second inning. 
JP with his ninth home run, 36th RBI, jumped on a 3-1 pitch. It sounds like the trident broke, though, and he wasn't able to uh, wave it around, Brock. I don't know if that's a sign or what that is. That was the offensive side of it. The pitching, even better, and it was led by their ace, Luis Castillo, who was just nasty yesterday. I think it's about a year ago today, or maybe yesterday, we acquired Luis Castillo, and uh, what a trade. Um, he has changed uh, just that kind of the whole demeanor around our pitching staff, and he is the rock. He's the guy we lean on, and, and he showed up today. Outstanding effort. Yeah, he sure did, and Scott's right. That trade absolutely set the stage for who they are. I think they would like to make more moves like that one, knowing that mm-hmm. Luis Castillo wasn't a two-month you know, rental. He was a guy that was going to be here for the long haul and who they could sign up to a long-term deal. I think the Mariners would love to make more moves like that. They're five and a half back in the division. They're just four and a half out in the wild card and the deadlines tomorrow. Yeah, what I love uh, about those two guys you reference individually there is Luis, it doesn't matter what happens around him. And the hitting's not been great. The scoring's been terrible when he's taken the ball and his win-loss record is nowhere near representative of being one of the top five pitchers in the game that his individual stats tell you that he is. But he doesn't flinch. That's why he's the rock. And that other guy, that J.P. Crawford guy, in a year, in an offseason where all these shortstops got paid hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, billion dollars, when you want to look at the top four of those guys. Well, there's JP better than all of them. Three and a half war, a 789 OPS now. Went to work in the offseason, went to driveline, added more strength, added more exit velo. And my goodness gracious, mm-hmm. this team, they're not in this position. They're just not in this position without him his discipline and his consistency this year. Here's the second thing you need well, to Well, elsewhere, the deadline has already been very, very busy, and it's mostly been in your division where everybody is adding. It started with Texas. They make a couple of deals over the weekend. They had Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery. Now, they gave up stuff to get him, too. They gave up Acuna's brother, who's their number three prospect, and also their 11 and 14 prospects. So they're digging into that farm system in order to make themselves better right now, especially with injuries in their uh, rotation, the latest being Nathan Eovaldi. Angels add to their lineup. They get CJ Crone and Randall Gritchick, first base and outfielder from Colorado. And then uh, relievers as well. Uh, Houston adds Kendall Graveman again. Uh, they give up a former first round catcher to do so. The Blue Jays gave up a number seven prospect to get flamethrower Jordan Hicks. Those may be relevant as you're trying to figure out what the market is for Paul Seawald. And yeah, Hicks might, you know, be a little bit more prized because he throws 102. But Seawald's been more effective, and he's got another year left on his deal. So what does all of that tell you about this market? Can you read it at all? What what, what did you say that the... I mean, those the, prices are high. But they're not ridiculous. They don't seem ridiculous. No. They don't seem ridiculous. So if the Mets, who are selling, have a couple possible bats and players, it doesn't sound like we're talking Harry Ford and Emerson Hancock. I would certainly hope not for Mark Hanna. I mean, we're talking who's your fifth and seventh and twelfth prospect. Are you willing to do that to get just a certifiable, consistent, big league approach and player? I am. I am if that is indeed where this market is. But, well, markets change and markets ebb and markets flow. And it sure feels like, Salk, this team behind the scenes right now is trying to figure all of it out. And, oh, by the way, throw in that creative word, which is something that Jerry and Justin have been through the years as well because they know this isn't just about this day in a vacuum. It is about 24. It is about this offseason. It's about many more factors winding down here in the next 30 hours. 
Here's the third thing you need to know. Meanwhile, Seahawks continue to practice. Today will be the first day with pads. Looking forward to being over there and seeing what it looks like once that happens and they actually start hitting. Two guys who are unlikely to see their top two running backs. Pete Carroll explains. Uh, he's got a little groin thing that, he's, uh, that uh, kind of bothered him getting into camp here, so uh, we're just keeping him quiet for a bit. Zach, is, uh, he, he's got a little a little shoulder thing that we're... We're checking out right now. A, gro- time to figure it out. a groin for Ken Walker, a shoulder for Zach Charbonnet and Pete. Yeah, he was asked whether he's concerned about Walker. He's not practicing, so I don't like that. I'm concerned about that. <laughs> you know what I don't like so about either of those falling. is I've heard that now, and we've done this a third time. And this is totally speculation. I may be wrong because they both passed. They're physical. They were both ready to roll and practiced on the first day. I don't know. There's just something in my little stomach or gut that's saying gosh i really hope this didn't happen in the four weeks leading up to it that they just didn't push it too hard you know that they didn't lift that they didn't do something again they both passed their physicals with flying colors so maybe it was maybe it was the groin on the first day for ken that just tightened up and they're being extra careful for charbonnet though i need to know more shoulders that's not a good deal for a running back it's got to use them right got to pass protect got to leverage got to hit got to use those shoulders consistently i'm gonna have my eye on that report over the days and weeks ahead that is everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour. You know, it's interesting, Brock. You say, okay, well, I'll just give up, like, the number five prospect in order to get a bat like that. You know who the Mariners' number five prospect is? Hmm. Felnine Celestine. Hmm. Hmm. You want to give, said, you wanna give up that kid six. to get Mark Hanna? I said four or six. I okay. didn't say five. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I say five? But you get my point. Like, <laughs> right. okay, you sure you want to give that up? Right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, right now. So the bats are coming. So here's, you know, we got a lot to do here. Can we dig back into this? We can, yeah. I'd like to. In fact, I was thinking to open up the phone lines as well if people want to jump into it. 866-979-3776. But yeah, there's a lot more to say here because this is not easy. Just saying, oh, we'll just give up a you know top 10 prospect to get back a Mark Canna. Yeah, you'll improve yourself a little bit right now. But Mark Canna is a 34-year-old average player. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to do that or do you want to try to legitimately change your offense by bringing in a big-time player that you might need to give up big-time pitching to get? I think I could make a case for both of those things. Yeah, a couple of if you were to if you were to bring in Alex Verdugo and Mark Canna, you would be a better team. Absolutely. And you'd be protecting your assets. Yep. You'd be protecting your 24 season. You'd be protecting what's to come with waves and 25. Absolutely. And you could do it probably without trading Seawald, without trading. Maybe you trade Teo in order to replenish some of mm-hmm. that and just sort of, you know, remake. You could absolutely yep. do that. And I would support that. That's kind of where I'm landing. It doesn't change your long term issues at first, second, and third, or even in the outfield. But, you know, it would absolutely push that issue to the offseason, and maybe that's the best way to do it. So I could be behind that. But if you want to start thinking about a Logan Gilbert, a Paul Seawald, a Teoscar Hernandez, and what you could get back from a team like Baltimore who might be looking to add a bunch of those pieces at the same time, you could completely remake the future of your team as well and start talking about being in real, real buying opportunities as the as the game goes forward so 866-979-3776 we'll open it up to you guys we have some thoughts as well it's brock and salk sales sports on 710 this this is brock and salk powered through the alaska airline studio back in mornings from 6 to 10 on seattle sports and the seattle sports app what to do with the deadline tomorrow, 866-979-3776. Brock, you want to, it seems like, buy along the margins. Is that what I'm hearing? 
Is that yeah, a fair description I, I of what that, you want to do? I think that is fair, unless you can get a, a creative, I'm not going to say generational bat, but I mean an impactful big league, young yeah, I mean, big league What, what you're talking bat. about there is if you were dealing a, Paul, a, uh, a, a Logan Gilbert, getting back somebody who's in an equivalent situation on the offensive side. Somebody who's already had his equivalent of major league success is roughly the same age or has about the same amount of control, which is like three and a half years. I mean, you're talking about getting back a a premier kind of a player. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to, to take that kind of a chance to change around some of the complexion of your team, knowing that it might not help you as much this year? especially with Brian Wu kind of losing some of his effectiveness, et cetera, but that next year you're going to bring back Robbie Ray, Miller and Wu are going to be a year older. You can always add another kind of fringy arm. And at that point, like now you've got another dude who can really hit. Yeah. Kind, to do of, that? kind of the Reynolds guy, right? Kind of that equivalent. who's not on the market, the pirates who ultimately mm-hmm. signed his deal, but that kind of equivalent bat, just a difference making bat. Is is that kid out of St. Louis? Lars New is 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 he that? Is he the equivalent? Lars Newpar? Right. Good player. Good I player. don't know there. I'm trading Logan Gilbert for him Correct. straight up, man. Correct. I don't think so. I think I'd need more than that. I, I just because I, I value pitching so much. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the you know maybe yeah maybe Brock maybe maybe that's the kind of deal that you're looking for I would suggest that's probably more along the lines of a Bryce Miller but hey you know everybody overvalues their own so mm-hmm. maybe maybe that is more legitimate Eight, they've six, done seven deals by the way with the Baltimore Orioles Luke yeah. Arkins had tweeted this out the other day as far as teams they've done deals with right so as the clock is ticking nothing's been breaking quite yet as we're some thirty Tampa, hours away LA, Tampa's number one thirteen deals with the Rays. 10 okay. with the Giants, 9 with the Dodgers, 9 with the Yankees. But hold on, uh, of the 10 with the Giants, 7 of them are just Mike Ford deals. There you go. Um, 7 with the Braves, 7 with Baltimore, 7 with Toronto. Have never done a deal with the Angels, have never done a deal with the Tigers, never done a deal with the Rockies. Uh, one deal with the Astros, we know how that went. So, you know, some of those people that you also have relationship with, right. Tampa Bay Rays, I mean, if we if we talked about I mean, they, them, they got at that all? big first base prospect Brock, who would be a really good fit here. You want to trade Paul Seawald for a big time for and and Tay Oscar for a big time first base prospect? I could be talked into that without a problem. I'm blanking on the guy's name, I but think I mean, what you're hearing very clearly, and what's different between anything, man, the Mariners than the Angels, maybe even different than the Mariners in the Astros. It is. You have continuity here. You have trust in management here. Things that you have never been able to say about the Mariners. And when you do, guess what? They don't just look for the next 60 days. Right? They're not, it's like the, the Seahawks and Schneider and Carroll in the drafts. They're not just looking at this draft. They're looking at the impact it will have on their roster, mm-hmm. the impact on free agency, the impact the next year, what next year's draft looks like. I mean, this team has their waves of bats. If you trust the people, who study this stuff closely, their waves of bats are coming in 25. They're not here now. They're not here next year, right? But 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 they do have some youthful bats that are on the way, kind of like the youthful arms a few years ago were on the way. And then here comes Kirby, and here comes Logan, and here comes Miller, right? That same as they just looked at the waves. They were pretty darn accurate when it came to the arms. And if the bats are coming in 25, can you supplement it just enough here? for the next 60 days and into 24. So when your youth and the development of your bats comes, then you could truly be a contending team with both arms 
and bats. Kyle Manzardo is uh, the guy's name that I was thinking of in Tampa Bay. He's their top prospect, at least as of January this year. He's a AAA where he's having another really good season, had OPSs over a thousand in his first couple of years. And this year it's at 784. His entire minors career, it's 935. If you could trade Paul Sewald and Teoscar Hernandez and get back that guy, would you do that? Kyle Manzardo? Hmm. Teoscar, yes. In a I don't know. You can't just trade Teoscar. You're going to trade Paul Seawald as part of it. You're going to get back a big, they're the Rays' top prospect yeah. and a guy that plays a position that, quite frankly, I, you need help I know, with. I know you challenged Bob and Stacy on the whole white flag with Seawald. And I know you got a lot of great arms, but to watch Muni in the same situation. Seawald's better than those guys. Uh, yes, he is. He is. A but lot better. Would you rather have Munoz closing games and have a top first base prospect where right now you've got but who nothing? Who has still not done it at the big league level? Yeah, but we Brock, have seen you get this. him for six years instead of one. Yep. I mean, like, do you do that deal? Yes. You do that deal? You do do that. I do it in a flash. Does Travis Fulton do that deal? I don't know. He's one of many people here on the phone. Let me see if I can start grabbing some calls. Travis, good morning. What is it you would like the Mariners to do? Good morning, guys. It's, um, you know, we're all, it's a conflict because we're all fans and we don't want him to sell. I don't want him to sell in Florida. I want to stay up until 1230 in the morning watching them scrap out two or three runs of course i don't want him to sell but if i'm the gm and i'm jerry depoto and i'm taking this body of work and i'm asking myself these difficult questions i think i gotta sell i don't think this lineup is good enough yes the pitching is good but it's painful i know it's been better in july but the lineup is short two bats i think it might even be three to beat a team like houston or the dodgers or whoever I think my gut tells me we got to sell guys as painful well, as it is as a diehard fan. I mean, is it about getting to the playoffs? Thank you, Travis. I should is also it- give some context on Travis. He's one of the people that texts me every time anything goes wrong mm-hmm. with the Mariners and always seems to somehow oh, forget to text me anything anytime anything goes well. He's so, also a phenomenal golfer. I know, a pro. and he's helping me out so far. It's not worked, but he's helping me with my swing. Okay. And and But he is, you have to understand the context. Okay, that's fine. He's, Let me give you uh, this context. went wrong, I'm going to text right. you, guy. Let me give you, thank you, uh, Travis, for the call. And listen, is always in tweeting. <laughs> I thought Travis all. might want to defend himself, yeah. but we're not even no, given an opportunity give to chance. do that. Yeah, see, it, tra- so sorry, I'm, Travis. I, I'm going to play right to something you love right here. Right? Oh, this is so good. I should have mm. thought about this two hours and 39 minutes ago, but we had a lot of other stuff to do, and this fits right into Travis. So, do you see yesterday the the golf tournament? JT Poston. Do you yeah. see what happened to him? Yeah, he went to went for it at the end. So Maybe JT, eight. bless his heart, he's he's down three he's strokes. Postman. He's down three strokes. He's not winning this tournament. And when you listen to Travis right there, this roster is not winning the World Series. Okay, Teo and, and this offense and Julio right now, you're not beating the Dodgers. You're not beating the Orioles. You're not winning a World Series as you're currently comprised. I think that's fair, right? Mm-hmm. JT, you're not winning this tournament. So finish in second. Okay, do the prudent thing. Do the right thing. Go finish in second. So no, he's difference decides, of about $350,000. dollars $300, he lost yeah. to go for it and triple bogey the par 5 18th. <laughs> right? Play the odds, play the numbers. The numbers tell you you're somewhere around a 15% chance to make the wild card. So, 
Is, yeah. is is this about making the wild card, or yeah. is this about building a championship contending? It's supposed to be team? about building a championship contending team. The question is, with a couple of buys, could you do that? Could you turn yourself into a championship contender? Because you've got the pitching for you. Pitching's as good as anybody. What do you mean by buy? Stop it. I'm not playing that for you right now. 866-979-3776. Vernon's in Bremerton. What's up, Vernon? Hey, good morning, guys. So I'm definitely on Brock's side when I think the Mariners should buy. And Salk, I don't think that buying would require mortgaging in the future. If you look at the moves that the Angels just made, they picked up C.J. Crone, they picked up Randall Gruchek, it only cost them two low-level mm-hmm. pitchers in their lineup or in their uh, prospect development. Mason Albright was like a yeah, yeah. They didn't give up pick. much for those guys. Exactly. Those are two rental bats. Yeah. You don't have to give up much for them. So I, my, I guess my question is: Would you not give up an Ashton Izzy or an Axel Sanchez to make those kind of moves? Because those are two moves that I think Jerry could have easily made. Two guys who would have easily lengthened the lineup, and I think that's kind of what. Brock, correct me if I'm wrong. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Those are interesting names. I mean, I looked up Crone not that long ago. A lot of strikeouts. A lot of pop Like, I started looking at Crone thinking, okay, is that a guy you want? And I came away with it saying, no, I don't Mm -hmm. want C.J. Crone. Mm -hmm. Randall Grichik's a name we've brought up a couple of times. Unfortunately, he's sort of like the one thing you have. I mean, he's sort of Cade Marlowe. He's like mm-hmm. a left-handed hitting, can run around a little bit. He is a Mariner kind of guy, and I know they've liked him at times in the past. But right now, he'd actually be a redundancy on this team yep. compared to some of the other things that are out there. So, I, yes, I, I'm not mad at the Mariners for not making that So if deal, those two guys but, leverage that in the market, does a Mark Canna is the same thing? It, it's just a 34-year-old the league The only difference guy. with Canna is it's not just this year. He's it's not this an year impending free year. agent. Stop saying rental, you jerk. I didn't say rental. Treat, yes, I you said did. I said it's not just this you year. You said it one minute ago. Well, Treat these people like rentals. the humans they are, okay? Well, these are men. They're assets. These are professionals. <laughs> they're just assets. <laughs> 866-979-3776. Let me try Connor here in Seattle. What's up, Connor? Yeah, I absolutely want to go significant by this deadline. I think they need to make a trade for Luis Castillo, the offense. I know that's easy to say, but I think you should give up one of your young pitchers. Um, if you're going to sit here and say on the show that, that they're a draft development trade team, let's see it. I mean, if you're DePoto, pitching is your strong set and developing it. And obviously it's easier said than done to replace Gilbert or Miller or Wu. But I want to see DePoto have a heat check here. Like, let's mm. solve an issue that he clearly mm. can't fix. It's, in the a, it's a great, it's a great idea, take. Connor. And if, there, take, if there is a Luis Castillo offensive kind of player right now, I don't know who it is. I, I think it could be someone like Luis Robert. Like, you just got to pay the price. And we can sit here and say, oh, you know, they, well, they could make this trade in the offseason. Well, we, we waited last season after the Teoscar trade. We, we, thought, we thought there was going to be another shoe to drop, and there was no, there was no dance partner for Jerry. So it's like, yeah. you know, we can sit here and have this conversation about, oh, well, this isn't a trade they make in the middle of the deadline. This isn't a trade, this is a trade they make in the offseason. But you can't just bet on the offseason having all these trades available, especially when – the free agent market is this thin in this upcoming class. So, you Connor, Connor, let me add, let, push comes to shove. Great call, great point. Yeah, I love very it. Good. Push, hold on though. Push comes to shove, Connor. Okay, and kind of like free agency, if you're going to come to Seattle, you're going to vastly overpay, and they're not going to do that, right? They're just going to be fiscally responsible, just like their neighbor across the street with the Seahawks. So, are you willing in this market to overpay? Would you be willing to over if, – if the Chicago White Sox say, I'm sorry, Jerry, I love you, but we're not going to do this for Luis where he's just off the table. Then you call back and say, well, 
then we're going to put this on the table. Are you willing to not just do the prudent thing, but are you willing to overpay for that kind of bat? Absolutely. There's, there's no such thing as an overpay for someone who's an all-star. I mean, if you're going to like a perennial all-star type, like Luis Robert jr. Who can like genuinely propel your team, become one of your top two hitters Mm -hmm. overnight. I mean, there's no such thing as an overpay there. If I have to give up Gabriel Gonzalez, I have to give up Cole Young, I have to give up Harry Ford. Or if you got to give up Logan Gilbert. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you're Jerry DePoto, your belief is that you can develop pitching. I can find these guys. I can find them. You know what's funny? By the way, Connor, great call. And I'm only going to cut you off because we're running out of time here. Great call and really good points. It was like two years ago. I remember sitting here and people saying the one thing Jerry DePoto hasn't shown yet is that he can develop great pitching. And now we're sitting here saying, Oh, it's the one thing we know he can do. I don't know. It's, it's a great, it's a great point. I hear the dog barking in the background. So you better let him get going and, and go walk. Is that, that Connor, dog. the former pro baseball player, Connor? I don't know. Oh, you hung up on him. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. I think he might be. I know a Connor that sometimes listens to the show that uh, was drafted by the Yankees. So, oh, really? And, and, yeah, he's a you smart think maybe that was him? Uh, possibly. Yeah, possibly. And if it was, then you can just text in 866-979-3776. I got to tell That's you. That's a man. hot call, man. It that is. is a strong call But right I also there. think you can make a case that trading some of the guys that we were talking about, Seawald and, and Teo, et cetera, could bring you back some young players who are absolutely in that same category. Hey, if you want to completely remake this roster, I'm all on board with it. But you got to remember, this is a roster that right now is playing well. Like for everybody who wants to remake it, like mm-hmm. me, you can also look at it and say they're playing well. Just sixteen and nine it. in July, second best what team a, in baseball. What, a, what an unbelievably challenging deadline this is for the Mariners. That's it. That's what we got for today. Right now, it's time for ranks. I'm like you're ranked today. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwumfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right, Brock, today I am going to rank something without much sound. I'm sorry. No songs, no music, no movies, no Can nothing. Can I be honest about something? Yeah. I'm a little worried about you, bro. Why? <laughs> Actually, I'm more worried about Justin. What? I'm Brock, serious. I was about to throw you a bone here and be like, Brock, we don't have a lot of sound to play, but I know you've been asking for it all day Brock, long. So bye-bye. Bye-bye. The bottom Give me line. Bye-bye. So I was going to play you that. Can bye-bye. you play it for me, please? Bye-bye. The bottom, bye-bye. The bottom Give me line. Bye-bye. That's all you have is just that? Just, we have it over and over in the system, so that's uh, the one I was assuming. I'm worried about you, no, Justin like Barnes. I'm worried about you, man. Why? Because I won a green jacket in a golf tournament this weekend? Is that why you're upset? I don't know. Maybe you're distracted. I don't know. You tell me. You maybe took you a week off, and then you guys were having right. a real trouble coming up real with ranks trouble. the way you do them last week. I don't real, think that's the real, case. You're really trouble. trouble again today. No, I uh-huh. kind of like what we've got for today. So with the uh, Moto Pizza that I had over uh, over the weekend, I thought it would be time to update the types of pizza ranked. Okay. The types of pizza Is this for Jerry? Ranked. Because Jerry's so distracted with work right now. Yeah. That, okay. Pizza, pizza. Right, there are different types of pizza. I'm trying to think of how many uh, By the way, Connor checked in. Not, not a former player. Okay. Not the former pro. Good okay. to know. Thanks, Connor. All right, thank you. Okay, here are some honorable mention styles of pizza that don't make the top five. The English muffin pizza. It's kind of half-hearted. What right? in the world is that? You ever had an English muffin pizza? No. It's like a homemade. You take an English muffin, a little pizza sauce, Never, and cheese. Never heard of Throw it in the toaster. Much, that's pretty oh, stupid. Yeah. That's why it's not on the top five. They're not very good. I mean, it sounds like a good idea. I've never even... First time I've ever heard this. Eh. Not that great. Okay. Flatbread. Doesn't quite make the list. 
It can be good. Not, believe that's, me, I like a flatbread now grills. again. That's why it's called flatbread. It's not pizza. Right. It's not quite. In, yeah. That's that's a good, that's a good way of looking Thank at you. it. Take and bake. Not top five. You can get good take and bake. Is it not top five because you got to do the work? Partially. Yeah. <laughs> Like, now I got to do this work? What, are you kidding me? In, my, that, in my not seasoned um, pizza oven? Right. And that's why homemade doesn't cut it either. I mean, like, I've got to roll this dough and throw it up in the air. And I mean, it's good. I've made good homemade pizza. But the work is the whole point of pizza is it's quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I was after Speaking of the golf tournament afterwards, it was up in Everett. And I was like, wait a minute. There's a pizza hut close. I don't get pizza in the city. No, that's disgusting. I'd go get my. I'd go get it. Uh, I will say, national chain pizza is another honorable mention. Whether it's Pizza, pizza. Hut, Domino's, Little Caesars, I'm gonna say Domino's just stepped up their game, man. I'm just they gonna did. say that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the Wednesday workout pizza protein. It was Domino's, and now you can choose Brooklyn style and mm-hmm. pan, mm-hmm. pan style. Mm-hmm. Like Domino's is. I'm not gonna lie, they've stepped up their game kept, a lot. Kept seeing Abby's pizza on our uh, road trip we took, and I was, oh, yeah, it's another Abby's. Yeah, always no, one of the tri- another national pizza. one. Um, you get the movie Licorice Pizza. I want to at least mention that. <laughs> there it is. You got the sneak something. You in. got the scene from Spaceballs with Pizza the Hut. <laughs> Pizza's going to send out for you. Uh, people like Jerry have their oven at home, but that's a pretty big expense. In Would you like that if I gifted you a pizza oven? Like a, like one of the little umis or like a whole no, thing? Like a big one in your backyard. No, I don't want that. So you wouldn't have to mow and get stung by four bees. God, these things got after me. Yes. Yeah. Frozen pizza. You wouldn't want a big old pizza stone, though? Big old pizza oven at home? No. No, too much? Yeah, it's too much. But the little one, the umis or whatever? Yeah, I'd do a little umi. All right. Yeah, that'd be good. If you gifted me an umi, I would take it. Uni? I think it's uni. Whatever it is. I would take one of those. Yeah. Uma. (laughs) You ready for the top five pizzas, Brock? Yep. Top five pizza styles rank. Number five is Chicago deep dish. Uma. There are people who want it higher because they say it's, you know, the creme de la creme. it's It's a bit much. It's a bit much. I agree. And it, it honestly Heavy. almost fell out of the top There are five. other people who would say that's lasagna. Yeah. Or yeah. just pie. <laughs> yeah. True. Right? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I think those are all very fair things to say about it. But I'm going to still keep it in the top five. It's unique. When you go to Chicago and get it there, it's a pretty cool experience. Like, like a Lou Malnati's it, or something. Yeah. It just hangs on to the top mm-hmm. five. Okay. Number four. Now, this may be a little bit controversial, Brock. But number four for me is still... California pizza, not not necessarily represented by California Pizza Kitchen, but what you can do with very thin, crispy pizza yeah. with intriguing yeah. and maybe offbeat fresh no, I toppings. Don't, I, don't, I don't hate it. California pizza gets a bad rap because when they try to do Northeast pizza, they do it terribly. Mm-hmm. But when California leans in to what it is, they make pretty good pizza. Isn't California pizza just New York? In like Italian no, style Neapolitan no, combined. No, no, like, no Justin. Combined? No, Justin, no. that's not it at all. No, Justin. <laughs> I don't think I know what California pizza is. No, Justin. It's like I've been to California pizza. Well, like, it's like that, but it better. Yeah. Like there's avocado okay. and maybe some balsamic. I just like, Googled yeah. it. And it, that's what it says. It's a style of pizza that combines New York and Italian thin crust. Yeah, it's definitely thin crust. That's the key. Mm-hmm. But what makes it California would be like uh, roasted red peppers or sun-dried tomatoes. Locally sourced California yeah, style. There you okay. go. Okay. That's number four for me. Number three is, and more I think we'll be able to relate to this, just straight up New England small pizza place pizza. And then you don't seem yeah. to find that you anywhere else. You get a fried else. seafood platter and yes. an Italian sub and... <laughs> 
all that with your pizza. Yes. That is still to this day one of my favorites. And every town in Massachusetts has like whatever the town is, just put that town name and then pizza after it. And they have that somewhere in their town. Is that the the movie that we talked about? The famous pizza movie? Who's in this movie? Uh, Julia Roberts. Oh, Mystic Pizza? Is that kind of Mystic Pizza? Uh, I would say that would qualify, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's sort of in that in that realm. The menu has like 100 items. Yes, it. for sure. Okay. Are you, you're not much of a fan of Dave Portnoy, right? Barstool guy. He rates pizza. He does this. You're the one, one bite. One bite. Not one a great bite. human being. Yeah. No. But he, yeah, New Haven Pizza, that's his That's, that's his, his, his jam. Yeah. That's yeah. one at once. Not even close, he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curious what you say, Saul. Number okay. two? Yeah. It's moved up the rankings recently and shown itself to absolutely be a contender for the throne. And that's Detroit-style pizza, bro. It's got got the cheese going all the way to the edge. Mm -hmm. It's crispy. You can add toppings. It's kind of Mm. a focaccia style. Now, here's Mm -hmm. the thing. When it's not done well, it's too bready. Yes. And at that point, it it falls off. And that's probably what keeps it from being number one. Yep. But when it's done well, as Moto does and as Justin's buddy, my friend Derek does... It yeah. is tremendous. Yes. Man, does it stick to your ribs. Wisconsin for cheese. <laughs> Sourdough. It's sticky. We have uh, someone asking, does the Taco Bell Mexican pizza make your list? No. <laughs> no? That's no. no, not on there. <laughs> Number one, and believe me, you have to know this hurts me to say this. You I have mean, to know how yep. much I don't want this to be number one. Yep. That it's the antithesis yep. of everything I try to stand for in this world. Yep. New York pizza is pretty freaking good, man. Yes, and it's it hard to beat when you're in New York and you just get yourself a big old giant folded over slice Ooh. and it's cheese is hot and burning mm. your tongue. So how do you mm. scratch that itch out here? Nobody big has Mario's. really that. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. I have big Mario's. That's pretty good. Okay. It's hard to do, man. You got to be in New York. Something about the water. We Something about those couple hundred year old ovens. Supreme Pizza in the U District. They have true New York style slices. All right. Detroit. Supreme it is. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Enough. I promise. Anyway, there you go. Updated style of pizza rankings, Brock, All right. as of today. That's how that's how seismic that pizza was, Brock. Last hey, game congrats, before... What? Seriously, you rescued Justin again with rank. Wait <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's just been now three times in the last week and a half. All right, so. Well, he may need to rescue me from Dave Wyman if he finds out about what yep. happened with those pretzels. Well, I'm starting so. to do push-ups now. Thanks, Brock. So we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be good. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Sounds like Mike Tirico at 7.30. Yes. And then the return of... Our guy, Jeff Passan at 8.30, right before the deadline tomorrow. Give me a good day. We'll catch you guys at 6 a.m. Stick around for Bump and Stacy next. The Hay. Barnes. See you, everybody. Guys, it's a chopper!